The Dragon Reread is brought to you by the Armadillo Podcasting Club. Did you know that armadillo skeletons are actually made of a super light, super strong material? In fact, the character Wolverine is actually based on an armadillo. Now, you might be asking, why didn't they just call him Armadillo Man? Well, it's because Wolverine is Canadian for armadillo. <laughs> I did so not it's know not that. adamantium, it's armadillium. That, that's right. I yeah, guess. exactly. That's how they came up with the name. But they were like, yeah. armadillium sounds ridiculous. Let's just shorten it to adamantium. <laughs> <laughs> yep, science checks out. <laughs> for more armadillo-related facts and to find out how you can access episodes a day early, check us out at patreon.com slash club. The wheel of time turns and ages come and pass, leaving memories that become podcasts. Hello there, welcome to The Dragon Reread, where we're rereading Robert Jordan's Wheel of Time series of fantasy novels. I am Jeff Lake. I'm Alice Sullivan. And I'm Micah Sparkman. And today we're going to cover chapters 18 through 21 of Path of Daggers, book 8 of The Wheel of Time. Previously, Rand met up with some of his murder wizard buddies, which I assume is really uncomfortable for onlookers. Just a bunch of dudes standing around muttering and laughing to themselves and occasionally yeah. like looking over their shoulders. It's like a bunch of walking nuclear bombs, and they're crazy. <laughs> like, like, like there's there's servants there, right? And like, you know, we talked about how the fact that Rand probably doesn't have an internal monologue; he's just like muttering to himself. Now it's just a room full of them now, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's terrifying. Like you can't even, they actually are having conversation, but you can't tell which of the things they're saying are to each other or not because they're. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but anyway, uh, Rand also learns that the Sean Chan are on their way to Ilian. Uh, no idea how that's going to go, but I assume it's going to be awesome. Um, <laughs> meanwhile, Egwene's scheming and plotting as she approaches Andor. She seems like she's getting pretty close to consolidating her control over the Aes Sedai rebels, uh, but she's got to watch out because there's probably some Black Aja and definitely some Forsaken in that, the mix there. And, uh, well, yeah, what are you going to do about that? Bad news. Uh, but meanwhile, for now, she's just chilling in Mirandi for a month before dot, 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 something. We don't know what. Yeah. Chapter 18, A Peculiar Calling. Icon of the Dice. Dice! Which is a fake out. Yeah. I mean, isn't it a fake out? Because Matt's not in this chapter, right? He's off being crushed under a wall. Yeah, hashtag flat Yeah, but Tom Ennis (laughs) says he still feels him. So what's up with that? Uh, yeah, good question. Maybe he's trapped under the wall, under the rubble. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I mean, like, he's flat somewhere. And I, we keep having these dice rolling chapters. I, I don't know. I mean, maybe he's there in spirit. Maybe his ghost I is there him. and they're just, you know, <laughs> he's not able to communicate with anyone. It's gonna, There's going to be a big reveal later. It's like, yes, I was there during all these key moments. And it's like, oh, those were all the dice roll chapters. I'm pretty sure that there's no ghosts. You don't think yeah, so? Yeah, well, I mean. Isn't Brigida literally a ghost? Well, no, because no. she's she's a hero of legend. Uh huh. She's more like a template. <laughs> she's like a well, she's one of those, physically like, tins. Yeah. Well, yeah, but I mean, like, she wasn't before. Before she was in the dream. Yeah. They're, they're not ghosts. They're threads. Oh, okay. Of patterns. And then the the creator just like gets one of those little uh, those little th- those little tubey things and just squirts a bunch of dough into it, and it's like, oh, there's another one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like a balloon. There you go. <laughs> a burgita shaped balloon animal. So in the reception after the meeting in which Egwene uh, met with the, the Andorran army leaders, 
Uh, everyone's all a flutter with what she's just done because she took the reins and uh, everybody's sort of politicking with each other back and forth. Uh, all the people want to talk to the sitters and not Egwene because they all think she's a joke. And she's uh, trying to get some information, right? Like she sent a couple of her people out to ask about the sisters and the, the tower guards uh, that are yeah. that have been supported. And it, it, it didn't occur to me at first, but it just occurred to me as I was reading this chapter that those are the ones that were sent by Elida, right? Oh, right. Yeah, that's what they're talking about. Yeah, I think so. It, which which then led me to believe, led me to think about this and how much of a clusterfuck this could turn into. Because, right, like, so Rand has the Black Tower and the Black Tower's instructions are you can't fight the Aes Sedai unless they attack you first. Mm-hmm. Now, the Black Tower is about to get attacked by some a small group of shitty Aes Sedai. But the Black Tower doesn't know the difference between those Aes Sedai and these Aes Sedai. Right. And they probably, the team doesn't really want to know the difference. I just, I could see this all. He just loves killing Aes Sedai. Exactly, right? This is just the excuse, right? Like this could be the, this could be the, the, the shit storm about to happen. Yeah, it could go very bad. Yeah. So Egwene manages to corner Talmanes, who appears to be, for lack of anything better to do, getting the band involved in Mirandian politics. Yeah, and yeah. it's it's kind of sweet though because Talmanes is like, so uh, hey, haven't heard from Matt in a little while. I know uh, we can feel him or sense he's out there, but have you heard anything? Like someone's gonna have to break some real sad news to Talmanes at some point. I know, right? Yeah. Like, so, so like, think so of all I'll the remember... things you like about Matt, right? Now imagine him yeah. like ninety percent flatter. <laughs> right. What if he was smeared over on the ground? Would you still be into him? Yeah. Like, I mean, it's still Matt. It's still Matt. He's just, uh, you know, he's he's a little different than you might remember. <laughs> uh, but Egwene does not know yet that Matt is flat. Right. That's true. Uh, and Talmanis still thinks he's out there. But yeah, you're, you're, yeah, you're right. He's involved in some kind of like scheme, right? Right. Because he didn't have anything to do, right? He, he his His orders were to stay there for when Egwene comes running for help. But he's like, ah, you don't need my help. So why don't I just go find somebody to fight? <laughs> I mean, that's what they, that's what they're there for, right? The band yeah, of the that's red what hand the band of the red hand does. Yeah. Uh, but Egwene's like, okay, I don't need your help, but like, don't get involved in Mirandian politics. Like, come on, <laughs> come on guy. And, and I mean, like, she's kind of right. Right. Like that. Yeah. yeah. That's not a good situation. Matt was like a a moderating influence on this guy. (laughs) I know. He's like, well, got to go kill something. (laughs) Yeah. Matt is the cooler head in this situation, which is kind of terrifying. Yeah. But uh, there's all sorts of swirling politics at the party. Um, Romanda and Lilane are super mad at Egwene because she Mm -hmm. went off their script. Mm. Which, I mean... She was going to go off one of their scripts, right? <laughs> I guess. Yeah, exactly. But uh, but now they're both mad at her. Yeah. Uh, it's all still going according to Egwene's plan, even though nobody's respecting her. Um, there is an epic burst of Swan Sanche fish crap. Oh, God. On, on page 409. <laughs> so much. Yeah, I, I wrote down the page, too. Yeah. Like, I don't mind sailing the fingers of the dragon in the dark if I must. We discussed that. We weigh the dangers anyway. There doesn't seem to be a gull's last dinner for choice. But you have to set a fire on deck just to make things interesting. Netting lionfish isn't enough for you. You have to stuff a prickleback down your dress, too. <laughs> you aren't content trying to wade at a school of silver pike. And then Igwe just cuts her off because apparently she's yeah, never going to stop. shuts her up by being like, you're in love with that guy. I think, yeah, right. I think Egwene broke her. I think that somehow, like, her fishing metaphor library got directly connected to her, like, her mouthpiece, so it's just like free flowing. Like this is just yeah, what's she's happening. in a permanent loop. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
So yeah, that was that was a that was yeah, peak Swan. Egwene gets her by pointing <laughs> out that she's in love with Gareth Bryan. Love, which she is. I mean, you know, it's pretty clear. Which honestly, I you know, I, I used to in these books, I used to kind of not like the romance stuff, but you know, I don't know. I like it. Oh yeah, do you like you yeah, like? I, I hope it's... they get together. It's kind of funny. It's a nice change yeah. of pace. Do you like when uh, it's Gareth Bryan? You Swan? know, abusive. Yeah. Right. True. Right. Which it unfortunately usually is. I mean, isn't this a little abusive? I mean, it's not, but it's a little bit, right? Like this whole like Gareth Bryan is like using her as a servant. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, but yeah. she she totally did that. Her on she brought that on herself though. Like she knew what she was doing when she swore that original oath to him. Yeah, it's that, that's true, true. But I mean, that's it's still pretty legalistic. You still think a reasonable person would say, "Now that I know who this is, you don't have to be my servant." Mm-hmm. But he he won't because he wants to like keep her in his life, and she won't because yeah. she wants to stay in his life, right? Like like I, I think Egwene is like I could talk to him about it. She's like, no, no, don't do that, you know. Yeah, I think they're both kind of into it, you know. No, I think you're right. I think you're right. Uh, it's just going to make things real awkward once their actual relationship develops. I think unless this is just like what it's going to be like. Yeah. <laughs> yep, kids. That's your mommy. She's my servant. <laughs> You know what? Everyone's got and their that's thing. How I met your mother. <laughs> I don't kink shame. <laughs> so, chapter 19 The Law, Icon of the Wheel of Time. Egwene and the Aes Sedai rush back to their camp, uh, I think, so that there's time enough to have a tower meeting. Yeah, she says at the end of the previous chapter that she's got something to do. You know, we're like, whatever she's planning, she's not done yet. Yeah. And I have developed a theory mm-hmm. Swan Sanche and Sheriam are in cahoots. And it was maybe Swan Sanche that was whipping Sheriam. Because we know that. see that. Like Swan Sanche and Leanne are doing this thing where they pretend to hate each other so no one knows they're cahooting. And now Swan Sanche and Sheriam are pretending to hate each other every time they talk to each other. You know, that actually kind of. So I had this like back of my mind theory that that sort of fits with that, right? Like Swan. Okay, so we have all these factions, right? And all the factions are really. Or both of the factions are they're all about trying to control Egwene, right? So what if there's actually three factions and Swan is leading the other faction and she's the one that's winning? Right? But I mean she already has Egwene's ear, right? You exactly. Know, so why would she need to scheme against her, I guess, other than to it's what a her- silverfish does when they see a silver pike lionfish? Yes. Yeah, that's exactly exactly, Jeff. That's exactly right. It's what a silver <laughs> pike does when it lion. Whatever you just said. No, no. I mean, like, I think she's just like. I think that she's got her own like influence, and maybe Sheriam's yeah. part of that. But there and is it one. Doesn't actually, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. It's just that that's a move we've seen Swan do before. Yeah, it's true. Well, the only the only thing with that is I think Swan is unfortunately not strong enough in the one power to uh, control Sheriam. Right, yeah. So she would have had to have somebody else do that. Yeah. Or use an Angriel. Mm. Oh, true, yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyway, on the way back, Gareth Bryan offers to support Egwene openly, which apparently is a big deal, politically speaking. Yeah. Because, and she's like, not yeah. fan. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I got you. Don't worry about it. Well, no, it's, it's, it's interesting <laughs> because, like, th- this is, even if all this doesn't go according to plan, which I'm, I'm sure it's going to go fine, This is this is useful because... Uh, whatever the rebel Aes Sedai think, because they, they they seem to kind of mostly discount Gareth Bryan. He's one of the most respected generals of the age. So that's like, that's mm-hmm. influence outside of that Aes Sedai camp, right? Like if, if Egwene has to 
to get out, Gareth Bryan can like get her out. Yeah, I think most of the other Aes Sedai don't even remember or don't even realize that Gareth Bryan is kind of the MVP of this whole operation. Either Egwene or Gareth Bryan is. Absolutely. Between the two of them, for sure. Yeah, because he can win a war. he's one of the five generals, right? It, absolutely, yeah. And they, they don't, yeah. they've never, these people are not war people. They don't know what they're doing, really. And a lot mm. of them think they're not even going to have to fight a war, but Egwene is going to feed them right into that meat grinder. Oh, I know, right? It, it's, it's funny because, like, the Aes Sedai, the, so, so Egwene goes to Gareth Bryan for, for advice about making war, which is exactly what she should do. But the Aes Sedai don't seem to do that, right? Like they, they seem to think that they're the ones giving like military commands and that would be a terrible idea because none of them have that experience. None of them right, are generals. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They need yeah, Gareth Bryan. another blind spot. Yeah. Of the I, I agree. Yeah. And there's like, oh, also during this traveling, there's kind of like, it's kind of like a, a comical situation because Egwene's just like driving him hard and Ramonda and Lane are, Lenin are desperately trying to like plot on the fly. So they're like yeah. hustling and there's like, Hey, Hey, you know? And then uh, Delana <laughs> is over there getting reamed by her forsaken buddy because because she probably like didn't tell him what was about what happened or what was going to happen here, right? <laughs> I know. I I almost feel bad for Delana, except you know she's a servant of the Great Lord of the Dark. <laughs> That's right. I yeah. mean, if if anything, this is just another yet another example of why you don't want to be a dark friend, right? So this actually kind of reminded me a little bit of what Louis the Fourteenth was famous for doing when he would keep all of the nobles close to him all the time wherever he went like he would make them come live with him in versailles even in the winter when it was freaking freezing because if they're right next to him like if they're they're busy trying to catch up to him they can't scheme and if they're right next to him he has them under the, his eye all the time it's a, it's an interesting yeah. point i don't know if and that's intentional, has really it's... been the mvp like we've talked about this like how she's become such a interesting character um, and a very strong character. And I know there was a long time when we kind of really hated her. Oh yeah. But it seems like she's really grown into herself. And a lot of the things that we disliked about her, like this very, because remember like she was super nosy and super judgmental and always thought she knew what was right. But it's like, it feels like she's grown into that. Like she's kind of an amazing strategist in a lot of ways, I think. I think and she's grown she's into exactly actually what the being little right. tower needs. Yeah. 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 That's a good yeah, point. It's like, it's like a Taveran thing. You know, the, even Talmanis at, in the previous chapter says, are you sure you're not a Taveran? Because she's like, exactly. She's like the dude, right? She's exactly the right person <laughs> for this spot mm-hmm. that they need her to be. Yeah. Agreed. She is. Yeah. So Egwene and Swan Sanche prepare to confront the sitters. This is, they're going to pay off their big plan. Um, they also gab about, Gareth Bryan. You know. <laughs> I was oh. like, now Could that we have a moment, let's talk about boys. <laughs> Would you say that that Swan's Bryan spot? <laughs> <laughs> no, I wouldn't say that. <laughs> I'd say that, Alice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's pretty good. <laughs> but at least Swan does actually kind of like acknowledge how ridiculous it is at some point. She's like, all right, yeah. we, we've got shit to deal with. <laughs> let's talk about yeah. boy stuff later. I don't have time to be in love. <laughs> There's and, always time uh, so for then love, Swan. Egwene brings together and faces a formal meeting of the hall where the sitters uh, start in on her. They're about to, uh, but she managed to use some legal trickery to, so to get them. I know. She, she's like the ultimate rules lawyer here, right? She's like, I'm yeah, right. so proud of her. 
And I love the bit where like the, there's the one sitter the that is there that actually knows the law, and she's like staring at her with her eyes open, like, "Oh my god, she's doing this." <laughs> <laughs> I, I like she could. I I I still don't understand why she didn't speak up because she could have stopped that this at a, a couple points, right? Like she could have been like, "Guys, before you speak," but no. I mean, like, I I maybe she's just shy. Maybe she's like soft spoken. Maybe well, yeah, she I don't feel know. Like, like her place. She may have realized, like a lot of people are about to realize, that Egwene is not to be trifled with. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Maybe she 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 realized that would put her on the the wrong side of the person who's going to be running shit one way or the other. Yeah, yeah. It seems like that person, Takimo, was not hardcore in one camp or the other, so she wasn't going to just automatically shoot down Egwene's play. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, that's a good point. But so yeah, Egwene puts the formal question of whether they should declare war before the hall, and once they do that. It turns out that all decisions related to war, once there's been a formal declaration, are just by fiat of the Amarlin seat. Yeah. Oh, my girl. She's so good. Yeah. yeah, just like a wizard wartime dictatorship thing. It's like, damn, this is this yeah. is serious so now. She's got. That's so good. She, she has mm-hmm. sidelined all of the sitters, at least in matters coming to war. And mm-hmm. uh, it's amazing. Like, like Egwene just sort of suckers them all into this. It's it's like flawlessly played. It's so good, and, and she's. I think she says that they practice this a lot. So like, she mm-hmm. she she knew what she was doing going into this. Like it was all orchestrated. It's fantastic. Yeah, it's really and cool. I love that because she has all these. She has all these leadership qualities. She's growing into, but she's not a Mary Sue, right? Mm-hmm. Like she has to work really hard and think about this, and she talks to other people and practices, which I love. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you guys will remember. I I said these people were screwed when they elected Egwene Amerlin because she'll, she'll never stop. She, she'll like, <laughs> she will, she will go until she knows everything and is in control of everything and she'll destroy mm-hmm. all of them if they get in her way. Oh, she's doing, she's, yeah. Oh, I, I mean, I, I think and, I said this last episode, but she's gone from being one of my least favorite characters to one of my favorite characters. Like, Oh yeah. I love, I love reading what she's up to. Yeah. Right. She's like, yes, <laughs> she has dissolved the Senate. I will make it legal. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> And then, so, uh, it, and then now that it's wartime, she's like, "All right, so here's what we're doing, guys." Yeah, because she's got a plan, right? Don't don't let them regroup. Don't let them find a way out of this. The plan is we're going to wait a month to get our crap together, and then we're going to travel to Tarvalon and get this party started. Travel with a capital T. Yeah. Tra- yeah. Did I not say it with a capital T? Here, no, no. Said it. They're going to travel. They're going to tra- oh, travel. <laughs> travel. <laughs> Much better. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's interesting. So I've been thinking about the Amarlin too, right? Because like an Amarlin is not of any one Aja and like their dress has all the colors of other different Aja. So right. a strong Amarlin should be able to have a lot of those qualities that the different Aja represent, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like she should be a warrior. She should be concerned with causes. She should be logical. She should know the law. You know, like I think she embodies a lot of those, a lot you know, of those qualities from the different Ajas. Point. Yeah. I mean, she's yeah. like, She's she's one of the only ones who are clear-eyed about the war, which is sort of a green mm-hmm. thing. She studied among the Aiel and got like hidden knowledge for the Aes Sedai, which is like a brown thing. Mm-hmm. She loves mm-hmm. politics, all about politics she, all the time, mm-hmm. which she is a blue thing. Yep, yeah, which is a white thing. Yeah. yeah, that's a really good point. Wow. Um, yeah. So far, I don't think she's done a very good job in like mediations or negotiations, but uh, she's young yet. Yeah. And yeah. she doesn't seem to hate men, which is like the red Aja thing, right? Right. No, yeah, she hates just specific men. down the naughty guys. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. 
<laughs> is what I'm She's probably not- going to refer to it from now on. <laughs> the Naughty Boys. The Naughty Boys. Naughty boys. <laughs> False Dragon Naughty Boys. So they oh, are stop. on the path to war. So there's something that I've noticed a couple of times that that, uh, that Egwene's doing throughout these chapters. Um, so when Egwene's going into these like stressful situations, she's doing this concentration exercise, right? She does. She like does little. She uh, what is it? She pictures a, a, a rosebud, which is part of the Aes Sedai channeling uh, mind trick, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I thought I thought that was kind of an interesting parallel because you know who else does that is Rand. Even when he's not channeling, he wraps himself in the void when he's having to deal with difficult situations, right? When he's sword fighting, whatever. So I yeah. thought that was an interesting parallel that Egwene's kind of doing the same thing that Rand does. Yeah, I I think you're right. And remember, Rand Rand learned that from his dad, who can't yeah. channel. Yeah. As just sort mm-hmm. of a Zen like mindfulness thing, which made him a better I- swordsman. And it's interesting, too, because for women, it's all about the surrendering, right? Which is what Sidon is. And for the men, it's all about the flame and the void, which is kind of, it's supposed to be like a yin-yang thing, right? Right. So, yeah. yeah. It's kind of an interesting parallel that she started doing that thing where now she's... Yeah, but it's interesting how both of them have the same effect, which is to calm you uh, and and let you step aside from your mind's turmoil. It's it's mindfulness, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Focusing kind of... Uh, it's a focusing trip, maybe. Yeah. yeah. Is, I think it's kind of cool that they both do that. Like, I think this is a new thing that Egwene started doing in the last, you know, two or three chapters, but I've noticed it and I thought that was kind of cool that she's got her own trick now. Mm-hmm. Yep. So chapter 20, Into Andor, Icon of the Lion. Uh, so Elaine and NDA, uh, which is a very extended group now. There's like 30 people here. Uh, I mean, travel overland to Camelin. Plus, right? Like, because there's like, there's uh, all the the wind, well, the wind talkers and the, uh, are yeah, there, I think there's more, there's, right? There's wind finders and there's kin and there's poor people who were just at the farm when NDA showed up and there's Aes Sedai and there's that one Black Aja uh, and of course all the other Black Ajas that we don't know about. Right, right. Which I assume is and probably we, about half of them, right? And we should go back real quick and remind some of our listeners what NDA actually is. Micah, do you want to tell us about it since you came up with it in the first place? <laughs> yeah, Nynaeve's Detective Agency. NDA is Nynaeve's Detective Agency. And it's this, the originally it was the trio of them who were, were solving mysteries, uh, yeah, trying to track Swan down Sanche the Black Aja. gave them the mission to track down the Black Aja. Right. To, to detect yeah. the Black Aja. Well, that was their mission, and but what they discovered. The exactly. Their their real mission was to spring every trap, and they so far they, <laughs> they did an excellent job. Uh, yeah. But yeah, uh, 90s, detec- 90s Detective Agency has grown quite a bit at this point. <laughs> right. Uh, too bad Egwene's not there. She was a good member of 90s Detective Agency. I know. The, the original three was are she, were hard to beat. I mean, there's a lot of that bullshit like power struggle between Nynaeve and Egwene. Oh, yeah. I guess that's a good point. Yeah, well, I guess that Egwene guess doesn't that really stopped, bring anything. That Nynaeve stopped when Egwene bring. became Omerlin's seat, though. So it's true. Yeah, because there well, wasn't I, a power struggle anymore. <laughs> did it really stop? Because I remember there was some friction between Nynaeve and Egwene, where she's like, "I used to paddle her bottom. I can't take orders from her." Oh, that's true. They've just uh, been apart, you know. Yeah. Yeah, and of course the 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 tried and true method of NDA is if you're looking for someone, find the trap, go jump into the trap, and when the people come to see you in the trap. Get them. <laughs> punch them in the face. <laughs> yeah, punch them in the face. The, the, the Abrica face punch. The, That's right. The classic naive move. That's right. 
So the problem, the real problem is they just haven't found a trap recently. Mm. Um, I guess the Shanshan thing wasn't really a trap, was it? Oh, you well, know, there was the, the trap in Ebu Dar, right? Yeah, there, was, there totally was. You're right. The Black Aja they trap. They went looking they... for the bowl and there was Black Ajas and a bunch of dark friends and and it was a, a big old throwdown. Yeah, that's true. So it hasn't been that long, I guess. <laughs> yeah, it's only been like three weeks. Yeah. <laughs> so this journey is arduous because yeah. they're going overland for some reason. Why don't they just gateway? I, I'm yeah. sorry. Why don't they just travel? <laughs> Thank you. You had to say it with a capital T. <laughs> I don't know, but like I, I, I wrote this down. I was like, We've got another travel chapter. I thought we were done with these. You know, this was actually not a bad travel chapter. Yeah. I mean, they're having a rough time. There, there's a lot of walking. Uh, there's like, you know, I just, I just feel like they should be teleporting more. Is all. <laughs> yeah, um, Elaine's new horse is named Fireheart. <laughs> That's because, right. Oh yeah, she's still a teenager. <laughs> That's sure. <laughs> right. Fireheart. I mean, yeah. Don't- don't tell Fireheart what happened to Lioness. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Do you guys remember when Fael tried to name herself after Lan's horse? Or she tried to give herself the same name as Lan's horse, yeah, remember? Her name was Mandarb. Mandarb, uh-huh. <laughs> I forgot about that. Oh, man. Yeah. Glad, thing that, glad uh, that didn't stick. Right. <laughs> so this, it's arduous because... They're traveling through the snow, and there's all these different factions who all hate each other. Um, they, Elaine is picking up the news as she goes. The news is all anti-Rand. Everybody hates yeah. the Dragon Reborn. Yeah, not great. Yeah, but they aren't able to get any useful intel from Ispan, yeah. uh, the Black Aja, that they continue to torture as they go. I, I, yeah, it's it's all happening off screen, but I mean, mm-hmm. I, 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 I still wonder. And Adelis. Mm. Yeah, I still, I still feel real questionable. questionable. I still feel pretty questionably about them because I don't, I don't think so because they're bros with Moraine. Yeah, I get. No, you're right. You're right. Like that, that's the goo. thing. She Things did get portal goo. That's true, mm-hmm. but except for the portal goo incident, her judgment was spot on. I mean, like maybe they went over to the the blockage after she got portal goo. She's like, well, if Moraine's gone, it's time to let loose and join the dark side. <laughs> yes, it's very possible. It could be recent blockages. Yeah. Uh, Marilil is teaching the sea folk per the agreement and they're treating her kind of bad, but whatever. You know, I, I was like, I was at first I was like, oh man, I feel a little bad for Marilil. Marilil is like, but then again, at least she's not with the, uh, the Aiel. Cause you know, That's compared true. to they, the side, she'd be digging holes in the sand and filling them in or something. Exactly. So, I mean like being an, uh, a windfolk, whatever. A, yeah. Is not so bad as being a, a novice for the, uh, Aiel or whatever. That's a good point. Yeah. Uh, the close proximity to the Aes Sedai is making them less impressive to basically everybody involved. Uh, yeah. Which I think we've, we've had that effect too among us. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> we are less impressed by them for sure. <laughs> yeah, there's um, there's some kind of weird scenes in here. Like there's the, they're hanging out in, a, in baths together telling dirty stories, I guess. And there's like a point where Elaine's like, man, I wish I knew dirty stories to tell. <laughs> It cracks me up every time she's like, oh, I wish I knew how to curse better. I wish I knew more like <laughs> inappropriate stories. I don't know. Just yeah, that is pretty funny. Her uh, her attempt to uh, experience the world is still ongoing. <laughs> is this where she's doing the Terangriel? Yes, it is. Is that, is that later? No, no, this is totally where, because they, they're stopping periodically. It's one of the places they stop. She She's going through and testing yeah. some, against against the advice of the... 
uh, Aes Sedai that were traveling with them, she goes and plays around with the Terangrial, and it's not going super well. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think, I mean, so far nothing super bad is happening. Um, but I really think that red rod is a sex thing. Oh, I, okay. I wrote this down. I was oh like, magic dildo? I mean, like, what happened? Because what she happened is she channeled fire into it, uh-huh. and then she woke up the next morning and everybody was laughing at her and wouldn't tell her what happened. What do you think it is, Alice? Because I wrote down magic dildo. <laughs> I don't know, but I don't think it's a magic dildo. I mean, <laughs> what was everybody laughing about, right? I don't know. I, I, I can't I mean, answer that, but I, I'm... It, I, I believe that, that the rod was, uh, what is it, smooth, but like firm, mm-hmm. not not like metal, something more like maybe like a hard plastic mm-hmm. or rubber. Uh, it's about a foot long, and I believe they also said that it was distinctly penis-shaped. Did <laughs> not say it's penis-shaped. I'm pretty sure, <laughs> I, I'm it's, pretty sure it's a Yeah. It, oh, yeah, same thing. That's... Uh-huh. I'm, I'm sure that is exactly what Robert Jordan intended when he wrote it. He's like, fuck yeah, let's make this on girl. That's a dildo. Like, but she's not going to know. And it's going to be hilarious in the morning when she wakes up and everybody's that's, laughing. That's it's a thing. wizard dildo, not a regular one. Memory? Maybe she that just would, had such a good time. Productive. Yeah, that's a good point. No, you, that's a very good point. Yeah. So what was she doing? Yeah. What is she, what was she doing when she blacked out for, I guess, 12 hours? I, I guess I that's know. the mystery. But he seems to find it really funny when girls get white girl wasted. So maybe she was just act, acting super drunk or something. Mm. Oh, right. Maybe it's what it is. It's a thermos of, of really good wine from the Age of Legends. There you go. <laughs> and she just got super smashed. But again, what's the point if you can't remember it, right? Well, that that's true in the real world of wine. <laughs> it's true. You drink too much of it. Um, so, yeah, that's it. They're just traveling. Nothing much happens. Uh, I have to say the chapter, uh, this chapter ends with the, the most ominous sentence ever. Three days later, the first explosion came. Right. And that's the end so, of that chapter. <laughs> I'm 90% sure that she's referring to a big flare-up between the factions in her party. Oh! And 10% sure that stuff just started exploding. Because you remember the last chapter with Elaine, there were a lot of explosions. I, I mean, I like. I, I think ninety ten is not necessarily a, a an accurate representation. I think I, I could. I would go fifty fifty on this. It could be like metaphorical explosion. It could be like, oops, I channeled into Terangriel and nuked the, the town. Yeah. I don't know. That's kind of another theme of NDA, really. Uh, wherever they go, explosions. Yeah, that's a good point. You know, maybe it's not so ominous. Maybe it's just like par for the course. <laughs> right. So chapter 21, Answering the Summons, Icon of the Dragon. So uh, this is Rand. Uh, Rand is giving some orders to a bunch of people, including his Ashaman, mm-hmm. including the the jerky Ashaman that Tame sent. Oh, by uh, the way, on that note, Rand keeps getting these hints that Tame is totally like doing his own thing. Like he's these guys show up and he's like, oh, yeah, uh, was it uh, Gedwin is... Uh, storm leader and his like second in command is attack leader. It's like Rand's Rand makes the comment, huh? He's invented new ranks. Interesting. I don't even know what that mm-hmm. means. Yeah, it, it means Tame is creating a power structure that answers to him and not Rand. That's guess, what it means. I guess Rand is fine with that. Are we fine with I'm not fine with that, but I mean, I guess Rand's okay with it. Yeah, he's yeah. Uh, oh, by the way, I was wrong last episode when I said that Mahale means teacher. It actually means leader. Oh. You know. Oh, like so even worse. Yeah, yeah, I know, right? Huh. 
Oh man, like, like I, I understand like, that Rand the, has the, a lot on his plate, but like this Black Tower problem is gonna have to get taken care of at some point. Yeah, like that, and like the and calling the guy Storm Leader, uh, like Sturmfuhrer, which is was a rank in the, the with the the German armies. Oh, that's yeah. like this is going super oh. Nazi right here. Oh shit, you're right. I oh, didn't man. even know. I did right. not see that coming. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Alice. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I love Nazi jokes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah, and so Rand has sent his army off in a bunch of different directions because he's got some big plan that he's working on, and then he travels with the the rump of his army to Ilion, um, where Narishma shows up and he has retrieved something for Rand. Yeah, what do we think that is? Like, like I, I figure it could be either the Sangreal remotes, or maybe the the sword, the crystal sword, Quindalar. I was Qu- thinking sword Calendor. because both of them. Calendar, thank you, wrong word. Right, the calendar sword. The calendar sword, right? Because <laughs> <laughs> he put the remotes and the sword behind like magic lock and key. Yeah. So. Yeah, but the way Narishma said it, though, it wasn't like he was saying, hey, you left a bunch of traps, right? It was more like, a, oh, there were a bunch of traps, not specifically at Rand. I, no, no, right? I, that, that was my interpretation, is that he was saying, like, you didn't tell me everything, you almost got me killed, or you almost killed me. Oh, okay. I think that's what he said. But we don't find out right now. Yeah. Um, Luz there and Telamon is there. Uh, I know. In Rand's head. And he actually said something I, I liked. I wrote it down. He said, I killed the world. And you can too if you try hard enough. <laughs> I know. Oh, come, hey, I know that's, that's an inspirational a, poster kind of thing, yeah, right? Yeah, he's he's showing a little support for Rand. You know, taking him under his wing a little bit. Thanks, Luce Theron. That's sweet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wonder where Luce Theron goes when he's not, you know, in the back of Rand's head. Um, yeah, I don't think he's ever not in the back of Rand's head. <laughs> I just assumed like maybe he's just going to the bathroom, like because you don't want to do that inside someone's head, right? So he's got to go somewhere else. <laughs> yeah, maybe he's got I like mean, a nice room. You definitely don't want to do that inside somebody's head. That's gross. <laughs> That's <my> true, <laughs> right? Rude. There's all. I also find like like Rand's little mini army of Ashman a little funny because they're going around like with the, the other soldiers, right? But they're doing like regular soldier things, but all of it with magic. Like they make their camp with magic, and they're they're like they pitch their tent and they like crush the ground or whatever. You know, just talking to themselves and all the other soldiers like, oh, that's kind of cool. Oh, oh, wait, wait, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's probably pretty creepy. Yeah. And uh, then Rand's Legion of the Dragon shows up, who I guess were in Ilion, but we didn't really see them. Which ones are they? They're, they just like, they march out of Ilion and then march off somewhere. That's all that happens. Yeah. But they're the ones in the cool dragon outfits, um, like the blue jackets with the dragon on the front, and they carry crossbows and they're organized com- completely differently. They're the ones that Matt organized, oh. saying, I've got this idea for how I should we should organize an army. And they're organized oh. in, like, numbered divisions. They're not organized by place. They're not – the leadership is not a noble hierarchy. And basically what they reminded me of, I just realized it, is 18th century riflemen uh, with oh. crossbows. Oh, yeah, 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 because they've, the, they've got a short sword and those crossbows. Right. They don't have spears. They don't have cavalry. And as they ride by – uh, all the nobles, like Weiramon, our favorite Pokemon, is <laughs> are saying like these guys are useless. Look at them; they, the infantry suck, and they don't even have pikes. Uh, but what they are is Napoleonic era formations mm. of, of rifle of massed infantry. 
And Rand even said, like, he thinks to himself, well, they helped take Ilian, so <laughs> they did fine then, you know? Yeah, exactly. Because, of course, Matt, you know, is a military uh, right. uh, genius, right? Yeah. Um, but they don't do anything. They just show up, and I think they're cool. <laughs> yeah, they are cool. Speaking of Weramon, though, uh, there, during this whole chapter, Rand is dumping on Weramon hard. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he's keeps thinking to himself, like, oh, he's so dumb. Oh, God, he's stupid. Oh, look at oh, oh, Everyone comments on it, but not Weramon, because he's too dumb to think about it. Yeah, he's too too bad he's not stupid enough to get himself executed. <laughs> I know. When he said that, I was like, holy shit, what did Weramon do to Rand? Did I miss something here? <laughs> Yeah, Rand uh, doesn't think this badly about the Ashaman that the crazy guy in his head keeps trying to get him to kill. That's right. So at some point, Wereman just crossed Rand, apparently, because this whole chapter <laughs> he's been just like thinking about how much he hates him, which but does then, not bode well for Wereman. Then Rand travels, uh, sorry, travels Thank you. to the road to Ibudar with all of uh, the remainders of his army, which is all the people that he doesn't like. Yeah, so so that that was something that I that it took me a minute to to get. So Rand sent all these Ashaman. Like one of the Ashaman shows up and is like, "Oh, it's going to be hard to find these people in this rain." But what he's done is he sent them all across the the world to find all these people he doesn't like. Yeah, and assemble them yeah. into a small army. Right, <laughs> and that's his plan. <laughs> I mean, I, I I was just like, are these people bait? Is this? Are these people all going to die? <laughs> no, yeah, they believe that they're there to intercept the Shanshan and fight them. Yeah. But Rand seems to think that's not what they're there for. Uh-huh. I know. He 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 does we and we don't know what it is, but uh um what's his name? Bashir asks him he's like, "Look, man, I'll, I'll follow you wherever, but can you give me a little like look behind the curtain?" And Rand's like, "Well, if you got to pay the butcher's bill, you may as well pay it with People you fucking hate. <laughs> Think <of what laughs> direct quote from Rand. <laughs> right, yeah. Uh, so it doesn't look good for Weramon and these buddies. It really doesn't. So yeah, and even like some of these people are just connected to people that don't like Rand. Yeah, like he, like here's he, this guy. He's never been anything but loyal. But his sister was against me. <laughs> I mean, he he has like a little blurb for all these people. He's like, oh yeah, you know that he he's a he's a cousin of uh, Colaver. What was it, Colaver? Yeah, he's a cousin of Colaver, and he seemed like he didn't care much when she died. But then again, they did say that he really liked Colaver. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> so, into the garbage disposal with you. That's right. <laughs> uh, yeah, Rand lets Bashir in on the plan, uh, but not us. That's right. Sadly. Mm. I'm sure we'll find out soon. Indeed. And that is it. Anyway, we've been getting some really interesting mail from our listeners um, since we started talking about maybe if you have any questions to share or anything else you want to share with us. And one really cool thing someone shared with us through Facebook is that for the audiobook there that they did, a man named Michael Kramer narrates the male point of view and a woman named Kate Redding does the female point of view characters. But Michael Kramer also narrates the Halima point of view chapters, which is pretty cool. Oh, oh, that's an interesting kind of uh, interesting kind of twist. I mean, it makes sense, yeah. right? Because uh, that's a really nice touch. Ha- yeah. So, Arangar, Halima. Oh, that's kind of fun. I like yeah. That. I mean, a you cool would idea. Think, yeah. I guess so. I guess it was pretty obvious even from the beginning that, I mean, by the time Halima actually got their own chapters, I guess we, I mean, we knew. So that yeah, wasn't yeah. like a spoiler or anything. Yeah, it wasn't a secret very long. I don't think. Right. Yeah, I don't think so. 
It was pretty heavy-handed, the clues. Like, oh, this like, person, this woman is trying to dance, but she's dancing all the men's. Like, she's leading like a man. Yeah. <laughs> so the rule is, if you can channel Sidar, you get a female narrator. Yeah. If you can channel Sidin, you can get a male narrator. narrator. Nice. That makes sense. Yeah, it tracks. Yeah. Well, thanks for and, thanks for sending that in. That's That's really cool. Yeah, thanks, listener. And then another fun thing we got is, you know how we like to um, make fun of uh, the Ilian, the bumblebees, right? The golden bumblebees of Ilian. Uh-huh. Well, this one of our listeners pointed out that bees are notoriously industrious. And so that insignia is has has something to do with like a really strong worth, work ethic and people envying their effectiveness. Um, and actually, it's a common yeah, morbid, morbid awesome. iconography too. Like apparently Nevada is the, the beehive state. And that has to do with the Mormons being very industrious. So um, I wonder if Robert oh, really? Jordan has any sort of LDS connections there. I don't know. Yeah, I, I'm not I'm not familiar with that. But uh, I, I still think the Bumblebees are a ridiculous mascot. So. I yes. did notice how the, the Mormons I've talked to say, I do be a Mormon. Blast your eyes. <laughs> oh, so maybe it's B-E-E, you know? Oh, we do be industrious. Be <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe it's B-E-E and you just didn't realize. <laughs> oh, my yeah. God. Is that why it is the bees of Ilion? It can't be. No, it can't be. Right? I, I mean, do be. Uh, no. That's impossible. <laughs> <laughs> do be. Do be do. Do be continued. Yeah, do be continued. Oh, my God. <laughs> anyway, um, thanks so much for writing in and talking to us through Twitter and Facebook. We really, really enjoy hearing what you guys have to say and what you have to share with us. So that's it for this episode. Next time, we're going to cover chapters... 22 through 24 of Path of Daggers. I am Jeff Lake. That's at Jeff underscore Lake on Twitter. I'm Alice Sullivan. That's at Alice M. Sullivan on Twitter and Blue Bonnet Cafe on Instagram. I'm Micah Swartman and I still don't have one of those. If you have any comments, questions, or feedback, please drop us a line at hello at the dragonrearhead.com. We love hearing from you. And we might answer you on air. Please share us with anybody you think will like us. Please give us good reviews wherever you got this. Please check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash armadillo podcasting club. Please like us in real life. We're just so likable. Until next time. The the light light illumine you. you.